Hello, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Anna Loder from readabook.com.au. I'm a lifelong reader and book lover and a long-time book club member. 15 years, I can't believe it. I've been a bookseller for 13 and now I'm a reviewer and blogger. This is a weekly podcast celebrating that love of books and reading. I'm so excited to be in your ears today. Before we get started, can I quickly pay my respects to the Darawal people of the Uyora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which I work, play, read and live on. Along with the traditional owners of the lands throughout Australia, I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Let's get started. Thank you very much. I could not appreciate you enough. Great to be here. Thank you. I'll get out of town. Thank you very much. So you've called this story a story about messing up, running away and finding a home, which I think is the perfect way to describe the town like Clarence. It's a lovely story. How long were you working on it? Can you tell us? Uh, sure. I, I got a two-book contract with HarperCollins and my first manuscript was in a competition, so it was pretty ready when they got it. And uh, the Veteran Snow River. And for the second one, because I was thinking I'd just write something else in that same town, my publisher, Rachel, she said, write a different story. And the reason for this is that what if the vet from Snowy River doesn't sort of capture the market? Then if your second book is set in a similar way, you know, maybe it's you might be having a better option for yourself if you write a totally different story that way um, if the first one doesn't really hit it. Uh, but it did hit it. It did go very but well. But it did. Yeah. It did. And I'm... I've just written the sequel. I know. I read that. (laughs) Or that you were working on the sequel. Yeah, well, working on it. So, yeah, so I had to write this one from scratch. So Rachel said, put a few, like, synopses together, send them to me after the weekend. And I was like, oh, that's a weekend? What? So I wrote, (laughs) put two stories together that were from ideas I'd had circulating. So many years ago, I wrote a short story about a pilot who mm-hmm. found she was related to a, a wartime pilot. Ah, wonderful. And yeah. um, The Secret in the Shed was in that short story. Yeah. But at the time I thought there's a lot of material there for something bigger. So yep. I used that as a bit of a springboard. But because I started with the World War II relic, it took me a long time to work out who my characters were. Mm-hmm. So I did struggle. My first draft was 146,000 words, which is oh, way wow. too long. I mean, it's still a fat little baby, but it's about 104,000. Now, yeah, well, a lot of bottles. Yeah, and I, I think it's because I didn't. And originally began it with Joey's backstory. There's a scene uh, in there when, yes. he when he was a teenager, yep. and because I'm obsessed with writing kids' point of views, um, he's such a nice where, person to hang out with. I can <laughs> imagine that he would be nice to to know um, back and forwards. Yeah, so I had started the book with him, and my publisher suggested because she knew I was struggling with Kirsty, with her mm-hmm. really understanding who she was. She said, "Why don't you try starting the story from her point of view and see what happens." So I then I wrote the prologue with Kirsty as a kid. I think she's eleven. Yeah, with the broken and arm. That's, yeah, and it, it just but just it just came out sort of almost fully formed in my head. And then suddenly I knew who she was. And from that moment on, initially she and her mother hadn't got along. Mm-hmm. But then I I could see how kids are just so. I, I found this with my own numerous children. They're so forgiving. Like yeah. a parent can really mess up badly, and the kids are just so adorably good about it. You know, you know that saying. Be the person your dog thinks you are. Um, <laughs> sort of what's true for kids as well. Be the parent your kids think you are. And I thought I can see that Kirsty is a much more interesting character if she actually adores her mum and she sort of indulges her a little bit and is a little bit of an enabler. And that's sort of what causes the problem going on in life is that she never really 
learns how to deal with the problem and deal with the problem yeah 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 because she's got this runaway sort of mentality wow that's so interesting because I really knew Kirsty so well and then of course because Joey's got the hippie parents and the the hippie parents There were lots of things that I identified with his family. That <laughs> I was so delighted when you told me that in your email to me because, you know, I don't have hippie parents. And my dad's an accountant and my mum is a bookkeeper and they're as far removed from an off-the-grid community as you could imagine two people. <laughs> no, I was... You are, Joey. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I have spent quite a bit of time in that northern New South Wales area and I just adore it to bits. I've got a couple of kids who could really go down that lifestyle path, one of them in particular. So, yeah, it was great to uh, explore that. I wanted to call him Joyous, actually. I wanted Joey to be his nickname and his real name to be Joyous because his mother and father had given <laughs> Love him it. a crazy name. But then, I don't know, it just it seemed a bit too cute. Oh, <laughs> so, no, um, that's super cute. <laughs> I'll be thinking of as Joyous from now on. Be to segue right into your writing career, which I would love to know about more. So because you were an indie writer as well and then you were discovered by HarperCollins, but I haven't been able to read any of your indie stories yet but are they all like you said that your built babies are uh, as oh, the virgin um, river virgin river and sea change <laughs> yeah no, they no they're not more? no not not really because my interest in writing actually began with historical fiction and oh, that's excellent. where i still lurk in that space i've got a few manuscripts tucked in my drawer mm-hmm. um so i've really began stella's romance career began as a bit of a sidekick because the romance writers of australia run such great competitions so when you're first starting it's hard to pitch yourself against other people and know if whatever you're putting on paper does it resonate with readers Mm -hmm. so I thought I'll start entering some competitions and then I'll get feedback and I'll know if because it's hard work should I continue or not yeah so then I started getting really great feedback well you won the Sapphire Award and the Emerald Award and and the the Valerie Pass Valerie Pass yeah Yeah. I haven't won a ruby yet but you know I live in hope oh absolutely (laughs) um so I began what they call in, you know, writing to market, trying Mm -hmm. to write a contemporary. So my indie ones are contemporary romance and they're much shorter. They don't really have all the side, the backstory and the interesting town characters. And so my Yvette from Snowy River was initially much shorter when I entered it into a competition which was a finalist and then that's what ended up Mm -hmm. being my publishing deal. But Rachel Donovan, the publisher, she said, we love it, but can you make it 30,000 words longer and the small town has to really be like a character in the book you really need to absolutely yeah 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 so she said if you want it to be sitting in the rural romance genre you really you're not there yet and you need to really explore that other side so and I discovered that actually that's what I love doing yeah the town and the people well I mean I love the love story between Kirsty and Farmer Joe obviously but I also I wasn't expecting to love and I did love so much the people of Clarence and the hen and and Carol and I love I know I just love love Ken so much I lived in Sydney when I was little for a couple of years and our neighbours were Ken and Thelma so I just lifted their names gave them a different (laughs) surname but he was this balding larger than life character with this incredible moustache so it was just adorable having him running this little three-star hotel motel that he thinks Mm -hmm. is the grandest hospitality treat anyone could ever stay in (laughs) absolutely and isn't surprised at all when Kirsty wants to stay indefinitely and <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> when he's just hanging out practicing his poetry. But the, oh, so how did you come to the annual Clarence River Bush Poetry Muster then? Because I just um, loved that idea. Well, I wanted in the Vet from Snow River, I'd, it was all about a sort of a craft group. There was a little craft stall towards the end. But I liked the idea of having the, the community having a sort of a little story progression of its own. Mm-hmm. So I actively was thinking, what could I um, have? And I have entered quite a few bush poetry competitions myself. In my writing dreams, there's no like boundaries on my dreams. They are all encompassing. So I had a crack at writing kids' books in verse. Very Mm -hmm. difficult to get published in verse. But um, they all tend to be about animals and they often are set in the country. And I've sent a few of them off, the ones that are very country-based. I've sent a few bush poetry competitions in Tamworth. Mm -hmm. And when I was trying to sort of learn what they wanted, like how I ought to put these poems together, there's some really great videos online that you can watch of Australian bush poet performers giving performances in like pubs and, and, you know, a waitress will walk through with a tray of beers in front of the screen. (laughs) And and so I had popped into my head that a bush poetry competition would be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And up here we have a music festival called the Gimpy Muster, Mm -hmm. which is music. But I I just love the word muster. It's got so much resonance to it. Yeah, so I thought, well, let's have a bush poetry muster. And bush poetry and off-the-grid communities, you know, you wouldn't sit them together in a cliché side by side. They're a bit uh, juxtaposed, I suppose. I sort of tried to explain that a little bit through Joey's mum being Mm -hmm. initially from the country before she fell in love in the backseat of a dad. Oh, I believed it all. It was all (laughs) wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. The extra agendas that they throw in there and the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so sweet. Obviously, I loved all of Joey's family, but oh my goodness, Amy was next level. I wanted more of her. She was so sweet, wasn't she? A few years ago, when I was trying to sort of get my writing to a level that was publishable, I did a course at the University of Queensland. They have a postgrad course there in writing, editing, and publishing. Mm-hmm. And one of the courses we were offered was run by Richard Newsom, who writes kids' books for text publishing. Mm-hmm. And uh, our major assessment piece, we had to write the first 5,000 words and a synopsis for either a middle grade or YA book. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote middle grade on a kid about the same age as Amy. And it was so much fun writing it in first person, present tense, right in her head, and I just free reign. So Amy really has a precursor in this manuscript I've got. My manuscript was a finalist in the Ampersand Prize, which is run by Hardy Grant Egmont for kids writing. But sadly, it didn't win and they they weren't beating down my door with contracts. Uh, Having said that, I would have found it very difficult to maintain my writing schedule for HarperCollins and things always work out for the best, don't they? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. It would have been a bit of a stretch. Yeah, but Amy Amy exists on the pages in a much bigger way in my manuscript draw. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Well, I have a little niece who would absolutely tell anybody dropping a cigarette butt that it was going to kill the children. That was just. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) One of my kids, I've got four kids, and the oldest one, when he was little I can remember being at a Japanese restaurant this is back when people could just smoke anywhere mm-hmm. uh, lit up a cigarette while we were eating and uh, he just announced loudly to the whole restaurant oh yeah that's disgusting and uh, you know in those days it'd sh- 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 but now you'd be like yes son you go for it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh bless can we quickly talk about the farm oh, yeah. so Joey when we meet him he's kind of he's washed out really he was like the barefoot investor I guess and he's just yeah. with his tail between his legs and he's setting up a farm stay farm um dave and i have stayed in a farm stay but i'm so ashamed to admit that i just i didn't even realize how much work went into it i thought that all just happened 
<laughs> well, during COVID, we couldn't get out of the Queensland for a long time. Mm. and uh, I was looking for somewhere we could go because I've got a dear little dog who I hate to leave and interestingly his name is Joey and yes I did name the character him so I googled places where you can stay with dogs and this place in Queensland called Mount Barney Vineyard Cottages it's a little farmstead sort of near south side of Brisbane near the scenic rim it's quite hilly and beautiful Mm -hmm. the cottage we were put in was an old train station it was a Logan Village train station and it's still got the train station's name on one end oh, of it so and inside cool. they've done it up beautifully the old veranda where you would have waited for your train is like yeah. the little seating area and inside they've got some of those like a luggage rack a brass old-fashioned yeah. luggage rack that you would have had high up in the train to put the board yeah it's a queensland word for suitcase so whilst i was sitting there drafting this manuscript and i thought this is the perfect little spot because they had three little cottages they've clearly all been moved in by truck up this narrow little rush lane I didn't invent the wheel that that way the wheel was invented by this wonderful residential place down there at in Mount Barney and uh yeah it was just fantastic little stream running through it apparently the platypus we didn't see any yeah so that was how the farm stay oh, idea came up it was great renovating the cottages putting in the miniature horse because people love that oh yeah for the lawn mowing and the macadamia and, and just, yeah actually Dobbin is my sister lives on a farm further north in Queensland she's got 40 acres and she she doesn't have him now, but she had Dobbin the miniature horse was her hawk. And so he was in charge of keeping the grass down around the dams. He would always wander um, about and eat things that he shouldn't be eating. And, he was, and he was always in the shed, like where she kept, you know, the ride on lawnmower and the tools and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's amazing what you can pluck from real life when you start writing something. Oh, I think for me, this was just the perfect book. There was so much going on, so many levels and all of the backstories, the forward stories, Carol's story. I think, God, what a character. She had a great life. <laughs> I love Carol. I've came up with that line because the, the last line of the book, I won't say it perhaps online because it's a great It it's is a great, a great line up, though. But I had to then drop, she uses an adjective, which is a bit of a clunky adjective really to throw in into normal sentences, but mm-hmm. it's worked so well in that last line. To me, it makes you think, oh my gosh, I must immediately read more from this author. <laughs> so, so well, that's I exactly how I felt it. reading the last <laughs> well, it worked. Good. So then I had to go and sort of drop that adjective in two or three times on the way through so that uh, it seemed seem unnatural when she brought it in at the end. My name for that is a hula hoop. I always imagine that my scenes neatly put out on a noteboard. If only I were a neat, orderly writer, I'm not. But I imagine if I was, I could put out scenes and then toss a hula hoop at it. And then you could just have some reference somewhere and move around the circle and some reference somewhere else. I love reading when an idea that's didn't seem important in chapter three yes. has suddenly been repeated in chapter 12 and yeah. you think oh you know you get that sense of, of I don't know coming home or familiarity yeah, absolutely. or knowing them sense. because you knew that yeah. they would do something like that and yeah 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 I love being able to sort of just drop those in ah uh, every now and then and it's true so something that you just ignored in chapter six but then comes back again you're like oh that's yeah right. you think oh, yeah. oh <laughs> I suppose wow. that's what red herrings are like in crime yeah 
there yeah. where you think, <gasps> please tell us more about the World War II. So I went and stayed in a little Airbnb in Lismore, which is sort of where my fictitious Clarence mm-hmm. is. But Clarence is a lot smaller yeah. than this. The Lismore Museum is a wonderful building. It's like Federation style, like old, but it's like stucco frontage. Very nice. Oh, and upstairs, yeah. these wonderful cabinets and shelves with all sorts of displays. So the wedding dress and the suitcase mm-hmm. is in a display cabinet at Lismore Museum. And the milk urns and things that I used as letterboxes, they're all ah. there. And that is where I saw Carol. But Carol at the Lismore Museum was this elderly gentleman who was in the little office when you get you have to go up to the top floor of this building. And he was definitely an octogenarian. Mm-hmm. And I had to pay, you have to pay to enter, it's $3 maybe, it's just a little fee. Yeah. And I had to use, because I didn't have cash, I had to use my EFPOS card, which of course became a bit of a drama. So that's why Carol is frightened of the EFPOS machine in <laughs> And they had this back room and people seemed to be studying family history and genealogy in this back mm-hmm. room where I couldn't go because it was sort of like a like a work area for volunteers, I think. But they were all in there woofing into the ice bovos. That visit to the museum, I don't know, maybe I was there about an hour. Oh, it was just a wealth of wonderful community spirit in regional towns in this country. I, I just felt privileged to be able to go and snoop for all that time. Especially for the $3. Wonderful. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, access yeah, yeah. to such wonderful things. Yeah. Often in country towns, I've seen little historical society signs up, even if it's just a sign above the local church saying we meet here once yeah. a week. It's wonderful to think of all these people creating archives for us yeah. of, of things that we might value down the track. Yeah, not letting yeah. things get forgotten. It's wonderful, oh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So how far along are you with the sequel to The Vet from Snowy River? So Will that come out next my, year? So it's supposed to come out in May. 23 Wonderful. and um, my job was to get the first draft to the publisher by the end of May this year which I have done so that's my first draft which and my first drafts do tend to need quite a bit of work <laughs> so well, I spent all of the hula hoops you'd have to yeah so I started writing it in January so I wrote it January through May wow. they've got it and then I have not yet heard back from them. So when I get it back next, usually the first time I get it back, it's just big storyline things like that storyline's not working or this one just seemed to trail off at the two-third mark and it didn't really have a resolution or we love this character but this one's a bit cold, mm-hmm. make us love them more or something. So that's what I'm anticipating will happen in the next month or so. Gosh, there's so much that goes into it. As a reader, you just think all this just yeah. falls on the page. But gosh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's the town in the Vecna River is called Hanrahan. All mm-hmm. of my street names are out of bush poetry for that one. And it was just lovely going back there. But I had to remember where my streets were, my buildings. I've got a little mud map somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because Hanrahan is based yeah, on a grid of Queenstown in New Zealand. So yeah. I photocopied a map and then liquid papered out all the names of their streets and I made my own. Oh, that wow. way I could think, oh, and I've left the building and crossed the park to go to the vet clinic and I turned left into Dandaloo Street. Don't say the wrong thing. Yeah. Three pages. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that you were a big fan of Lord of the Rings. Is that right? I certainly am certainly am you shall not pass it's one of our family um my kids played hockey and when they were feeling like they were the team wasn't winning and we had this little thing where we'd be like gandalf on the bridge you shall not (laughs) <laughs> Damn power, hockey stick. Hockey stick down, perfect. 
Yeah. Yeah, but actually, really, it was my love of Aragorn. Ah, well, that's fair. Yeah. Are you a big reader? Yes, until I became a published author. It really messes with my (laughs) reading timetable because sometimes I think if I'm reading something, I can be a bit of a mimic, Mm. you know, like in voice and tone. So I try to read it completely different to what I'm writing. If I were to read something that's so wonderful, it might mess with my mojo a bit. Um, yeah. I'd go, every sentence I write is rubbish. Yeah. So I, I really don't read much when I'm writing. And if a draft's taking me six months to write, yeah, I'm in a book club and I've been in it for about 24 years, a long time, and they have given up expecting me to have read the monthly book. Well, you can't do everything. <laughs> but I do love reading and I read fantasy, crime, Rural romance, keen Georgette Hayer fan. Oh, um, of course. I love P.G. Wodehouse. Oh, I love comic writing, actually. Uh, Douglas Adams. I have never even gotten into that, and I should. It'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a fabulous fiction blog with Stella Quinn. I, just do, I do. I do. I do. So I do that so through cool. through Romance Writers of Australia. They get every now and then they ask some people who are members to do blogs. The readership really is focused towards the members there. I mean, anyone can read it but people yeah I've read heaps of them. people who are emerging in their writing so yeah for people who have an interest in the behind the scenes nuts and bolts of craft so I alternate with Mayla now that also writes rural romance rural women's fiction she mm-hmm. does one called kiss and tell mm-hmm. and I do my fabulous fiction and we we alternate um oh, sort I of see. asking an author about a book they've written and sort of interesting things they found in their writing journey and a little bit of behind the scenes type questions oh Lanelle was my guest last month as she yes. had a book come out in June, which was, I just read this morning was a top 10 bestseller. It's a bestseller now, yeah. yeah. I'm not surprised yeah. at all. She's incredible. No, I, I want to be Maya when I grow up. She's. <laughs> <laughs> I love your social media. I think your social media is. <laughs> I was on Instagram the other day and a photo popped up and it was a little girl feeding some leaves to a cow and you could just see the cow's nose on the side of the screen and it, this beautiful and it's tongue. backdrop. Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful backdrop. Yeah photographer had put it up on her Instagram site and she'd written a little poem about feeding the cow and I thought this could be Amy I'm looking at so I used my repost app to repost it on my page and wrote a little story about how this could be Amy and I then I tagged the photographer anyway she messaged me and uh, yeah we've had a great conversation now about poems and little girls and and she that's um, the beauty of Instagram like it's crazy the friendships that you can make on it that's right it's a way of talking about your book with Without it being like a hard sell. Yeah. Oh, my book, amazing. But actually, it's talking about things in there that are common to all of us. Well, in the Vet from Snow River, I, I followed a zillion quilting site because I love quilting. Yeah. And there's some amazing quilters in, in this country. Wow. Yeah, you can have some nice little to and fros with people about their beautiful quilts. Yeah, no. Because awesome. craft is so cathartic, I think. Yeah. So it's nice to. You can't do it in a hurry. You just have to, you can't do it stressed. You just have to just. Yeah. Did I see a knitting? Are you a knitter? Yeah, I'm a knitter, but I'm not a good knitter. Well, me either, and I only tackle little things. But in my, so I've just been writing my second Hanrahan story, and the community event there is Alfred, and my main character, Hannah, she comes across as quite surly and matter-of-fact and all business, but actually she's a big, mushy, softy inside. Uh-huh. But everyone's trying to help her out because she's got a few problems, and she's like, with these guys, if they invite me to that craft group one more time, I'm going to, you know... <laughs> 
by my stack. She finally gets talked into knitting a pouch for orphaned marsupials. So I've found online, there's a group you can knit for. There's a pattern you can download. So I've downloaded the pattern. I'm knitting now pouches for marsupials. They're about 20 centimetres by 30 centimetres. Oh, that's unreal. Um, I know. What that's a lovely thing to do. do. Just two squares and then stitch together. Oh, so, um, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Stella Quinn. Oh, my goodness. I cannot. Thank you enough. I really, really appreciate it. And I can't I wait to see your career. Oh, oh, my well, goodness. So I, I can't wait to see what you do next. I want a sequel oh. of A Town Like Clarence. I want more of Daisy. Yeah, me too. Me too. And Joey has got a lot of siblings, and that's yeah, not an accident. Absolutely. <laughs> do a man and an L. Like, that's right. power. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh. Just, well, thank you so much for having me. I've just been no. a real thrill. Thank you. Okay, so that's it for this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Please leave a review wherever you can, but especially where you found my Readable podcast. If you'd like more connection, please head on over to thereadable.com.au. There's plenty of book reviews and recommendations there, and that's also where you'll find my blog. And I would love, love, love to welcome you into our community. There's a membership page on readable.com.au. There are three levels. The first is free, and I'm so hoping that you would like to help me build my online community where we can enjoy reading more together. Thank you.